Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can also find and follow me on Instagram at loveLettersMixtapes or send me an email at loveLettersMixtapes at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was really inspired to talk about being a beginner this week. I have a birthday coming up. And while I'm not a birthday person and I don't even think that time is real, I can acknowledge that birthdays are a great opportunity to reflect on the previous year. We are ending one cycle, we are beginning another, and it's a great time to reflect on all we've done, all we've learned, how our life has expanded or contracted, things we want to work on, things we want to learn. And it really made me think about being a beginner and how challenging that is and how there's almost no room for it in the world today. Everywhere you look, there is this premium placed on being an expert, on already knowing something, on already having the experience, on knowing more than the person next to you. And while in many situations that is so valuable, what does it do for us as we are growing and maturing and evolving and we want to incorporate new things? What does that make us feel like? Are we allowing ourselves the space and the grace, and I don't mean to rhyme, but I just did, the space and the grace to be beginners. Now you can say to yourself, why is that important? Isn't being the expert the ultimate goal? Isn't mastery the ultimate goal? And I understand that. I get why that's important. But as with everything else we talk about on this podcast, why not look at it through a new pair of glasses? What are the benefits of being new to something? of being a beginner, of not knowing something, of stumbling a little bit, of failing, of learning, of developing muscles. What are the benefits in those situations? How can it help us to step outside of our comfort zone, to no longer be the expert, to be the student? Some of you know that in the past I did a lot of end-of-life work. And one of the people who most inspired me on that journey was Frank Ostaseski. And he wrote this beautiful book called The Five Invitations, which I highly recommend that everyone read. And one of the invitations that he focused on is cultivating don't know mind, meaning 
having a beginner's mind, stepping away from being the expert, and cultivating that on a regular basis, building that muscle to see what that brings into your life. How does it shift things for us internally, externally, when we view the world with beginner's eyes? And so many people have written about this and talked about this. Uh, Suzuki wrote about the concept of Shoshin in his book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. And he said, if your mind is empty, it is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. But in the expert's mind, there are a few. And this is such a beautiful way to look at the world because as a beginner, you don't have those experiences that are coloring your perception. You don't have the expectations or preconceived notions, all of the things that regularly limit our view of possibilities or solutions or alternative ways of navigating things. I think one of the most powerful things about being a beginner or having this beginner mindset is a curiosity and an eagerness to learn, a willingness to show up, a readiness for whatever unfolds next. And just think about that. Think about your daily life. Are you waking up on Monday morning saying to yourself, I am just willing and ready for however anything unfolds? Everything is new to me. I have no experience or expectations. No, of course not. For so many of us, we never think about life this way because it is also in direct conflict with some of the experiences we've had. What if you are a parentified child or you survived trauma or you endured abuse and someone says, oh, just show up for life with beginner mindset and you're thinking, Hmm, no, I think my hypervigilance is the thing that has saved me time and time and time again. My ability to look at red flags and recognize them instantly. My ability to take the pulse of the room and know if I'm in danger. My ability to listen to how someone's breathing and knowing if the mood has shifted. For so many of us, our survival depended on that. And I always want to honor that because I experienced that too. Just that feeling of hearing that key turn in the lock and you don't know what's walking through the door and you don't know if you'll survive it. And you have to be hypervigilant. You have to watch your back. You have to pay attention to what everyone else is doing, not because you're present with them, but because you're afraid, you're terrified, and you don't know what's coming at you. So as with anything that we discuss on this podcast, discernment is the main tool that we are using in situations like this. Obviously, it is so powerful for us to drop into our past experiences and anchor into the gifts, the tools, the strengths that we've learned in those past experiences to help offer us guidance in present situations. So in this discussion, I am not dismissing any of that. Negativity bias is within us for a reason. It helps the human race survive. But the invitation here is to recognize when we are activated into survival mode on a daily basis for no reason. And we are applying those survival tools in moments when what we really need are tools for thriving. And the tool for thriving that we're talking about today is that beginner mindset. 
So what does that beginner mindset look like in our lives? Because it's all well and good to talk about it on a podcast, but if we can't reflect on our own lives and see how this applies to us, it basically makes no sense. So at its core, I like to think of having a beginner's mindset as staying curious. And that might sound really oversimplified, but just check in with yourself. When was the last time you were curious? When was the last time you were curious about yourself, about other people, about the world, about how things were unfolding? How often do we gravitate towards rigid certainty? And we almost depend on this to keep our life working in a methodical fashion to stay within a framework. And here I am saying, stay curious and color outside the lines and step outside your comfort zone. And that can sound pretty challenging because it's like, what do you mean stay curious? How about we start small? As with anything on this podcast, I'm never saying destroy your whole life right off the bat. How about you just get curious about yourself and your daily routines? Do I instantly open my eyes and check social media and start scrolling and comparing? Do I have a routine in the morning that calms my nervous system? Am I setting myself up to fail? Am I not eating in the morning when what I really need is nourishment? Just checking in. What is my practice? What am I doing all the time? And why am I so attracted to it? How is it helping me? And when we get curious about ourselves, I think it creates space for us to get curious about other people. And that's really important because I am sure most of you are not as antisocial as I am and you are out there in the world. And that's where we are supposed to be. We are not supposed to cut ourselves off. We are supposed to be in the stream of life. So when we introduce something into our practice and use it with ourselves, it really empowers us to use that with the world around us. So if I'm not curious about myself, I'm definitely not going to be curious about other people inviting this curiosity into our life, and maybe just look at the relationships closest to you. Get curious about them. What are these relationships? How were they established? How have they evolved? What is your role in the relationship? Have you fallen into habits in these relationships that are not serving you? They're not serving the other person. Maybe they're not who you want to be. And you know you have capacity for more or better or different. What is holding you back? What is keeping you in that cycle? And can you start something new? And as we're talking about relationships, we also have to take into account that it's not so cut and dry. Where are you with regard to your relationships this year? Really stop and think about it for a second. Are you in the stage of meeting new people and putting yourself out there and dating? Are you in a long-term relationship that has kind of reached this point where it's not exactly what you want, but you don't know if you can leave, but you don't want to disrupt your life, but you're not sure what to do next? Are you in a situation in a relationship where you don't like your role, you don't like who you have become, or you don't like the other person's role? All of these things are not accusatory. They're simply information. And I think it's important to sit with that information, reflect on it, and kind of turn it over in your mind a little bit. If you're frustrated in your relationship, I think the first impulse is to point the finger at the other person and say, why are you doing this? And obviously, in extreme cases, such as abuse, I am not talking about that. And I 
say that over and over again on this podcast. I always try to make that point clear. I think at this point, you know, I'm talking about those situations where we are showing up with something as well. So in those relationships that are not in the extreme category of abuse, where we have maybe plateaued in the relationship, or we feel stuck or stalled, or we don't feel like we're evolving, and we're instantly pointing the finger at the other person, what would happen if instead of pointing the finger at ourselves, which is not what I'm saying, what if we just looked in the mirror and we sat with that? And we got curious about what we were bringing to the situation. What are we bringing to the relationship? What are we making room for? And I think that's another really important concept to discuss with beginner mind because the expert is creating this narrow, rigid pathway for people to walk down. And the beginner, it's just a wide open, broad highway. Anything is possible. So while you can look at your partner and say, you are the one holding me back, what about us? Let's get curious about why we are showing up in this way, why we are feeding this on a daily basis. And that is not to say that starting something new is easy, especially if we've been in a relationship for a long time. And this is where the grace comes in, where we are gentle with ourselves and very obviously gentle with the other person. But that curiosity can encourage us to ask questions about what we want, what they want, what they're willing to do, and what we are willing to do. And maybe all of this curiosity leads you to the awareness that this is not the relationship for you, and it is time to end it. I think the world around us tells us that we have to have these extreme reasons. We have to villainize and hate the other person. They have to have been wrong in some way versus the idea that maybe we are just not right together. And the idea of being a beginner in the dating scene can also be terrifying. Maybe for some of us, it's been a really long time since we were single and we just don't know if we have what it takes. We don't know if we are attractive. We don't know if someone would be interested in us. We don't know if we have the energy to start over again. Do we have the energy to tell our life story again to someone completely new? Do we have what it takes to have no memories with someone to start over? All of these things come up and more. I mean, I'm barely brushing the surface of what comes up when we think about ending a relationship and starting over. But I do want to encourage you to get curious because as long as we are in that space, there are possibilities and solutions. We have not written the ending of our story and been catastrophic. We are open to possibility. And along with relationships comes the other one that's really scary, and that is our professional lives. The one space where we are never allowed to be a beginner. It's really scary, especially when our financial future is tied into what we do every day. It's not easy, and I don't mean to minimize it and say, oh, just start over. You were working in finance? Be an artist. It's not that simple. But as we're having this conversation, what I'll always come back to is the curiosity. Am I doing what I am meant to be doing in the world? Am I fulfilling the role that's there for me? And the other side of that, is, is it feeding me? And we don't often talk about it, 
but I know that I've been in roles in my professional life where anyone around me would look at it and say, you're doing exactly what you're here to do. This is perfect. Oh my God, you did such a great job. You're in such a great role. And it wasn't right for me. It's not about what the world around us tells us. It's about what feels right on the inside. You know, it's all well and good if we make our outsides look good. But if the inside is having a storm or uneasy, or you wake up every day and there's that knot in your stomach, this topic is here to help us honor that. And I'm not encouraging anyone to quit their jobs today. I'm encouraging you to have curiosity and willingness and to explore it a little bit. You owe yourself that. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned how conflicting this concept is for those of us who were parentified children or survived trauma or experienced abuse. Maybe we experienced neglect. And I really want to touch on this for a second because it is such a sensitive topic. I know that for those of us who experience those things, the voice of hypervigilance that we have running through our minds nonstop is telling us if you don't know what's going on, something must be wrong. If you can't fix it, there's no hope. If you can't figure it out, sort it out, patch it up, everything is going to crumble. And for many of us, we had those experiences that ingrained that mindset into us. So in talking about that, we're not dismissing it, we're actually honoring it and saying at the time that was necessary. But what is necessary now? And what am I allowed to do? What am I allowed to explore and feel and try? And there's a lot of fear there. Fears of deprivation can alter our perception and make us do and say things that we would never do in any other circumstance. Fear tells us an incredible story. It is the most creative choose-your-own-adventure story in reverse. Instead of options, fear lists out all of our limitations. And we listen because fear is using a voice and telling a story that we know so well. And fear is telling us three things. It's telling us that we're not good enough, we don't have enough or we won't get enough, and that something we have will be taken from us. I've always felt that fear is like that one family member who knows how to push your buttons. They know exactly what to say to set you off. They go right to the sensitive spot and they press us into reactivity. And our rational thinking will tell us not to listen. But the pain of fear is so exquisite that we end up reacting to it anyway. And we think this time it will be different. This time, my reaction to fear will change things. And maybe that ties into our tendencies for perfectionism, which is rigidity. And maybe it ties into our imposter syndrome, thinking that we have to keep that mask up and everyone's going to know and we're about to fail and everyone's going to figure it out. And I know I did something wrong, but I don't know what it is, but I know everyone else knows and they're going to come after me. Maybe it comes into that grandiosity. I talk about grandiosity a lot on this podcast, that bravado, that I have to be the expert. I cannot be curious. I cannot let in any opportunity to fail or be weak or look like I don't know exactly what's going on at every moment. So maybe today we're just talking about curiosity and willingness. We don't have to take an action yet. We don't have to break up with our spouse. We don't have to quit our jobs. We definitely don't have to beat ourselves up. But stepping into that curiosity and willingness can take us places that 
fear, perfectionism, and rigidity will never allow us to go. And if you're interested in this topic and you want to explore it further, there are five things that I would suggest about being a beginner and introducing this beginner mindset into your life. The first one, which can be so challenging for many of us, and I really encourage you to be gentle with it, is to ignore the stories that past experiences tell you. Because our mind, our fear, our anxiety can all play tricks on us. And it can pivot us into these self-sabotaging situations. And our hypervigilance can really feed our ego. Oh, I saw that coming. I knew that was going to happen. I knew you were like that. And yes, at times that is true. And if we're in situations where we are in danger, hypervigilance is probably our best tool. But I'm talking about on a daily basis. What is feeding the flame of helping us jump to conclusions? And how can we stop feeding that fire? How can we be curious about the story as a reader versus a writer? And I know there are some people who would have massive philosophical differences with that, but I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying give it a try. See how it feels. What if I was not writing out everyone's story for them? What if I was saying, and why, and why, and what next, and how come, and what made you do that? And when we have those moments of assumption or those red flags or that hypervigilance, what if we question them to get a better understanding at the root of it and saying, why do I feel that way in the first place? And how would it have directed my behavior, my thoughts, my words in the past? And the second one is take some inspiration from children. And I don't even mean children in your life. What about the younger version of you who maybe was not allowed to fully express themselves in their childhood? What were those questions you had? What was the curiosity you had as a child? What fed that? And what blocked it? Did you grow up in a house where every time you asked a question, you were told that you were stupid, so you just stopped asking questions? Did you grow up in a home where there was no one around to answer those questions? And those questions actually brought up a lot of fear because you didn't have an adult around to answer them. So you shut off that part of yourself. Maybe reflecting on the way children navigate the world. They are sponges. They take information all day long and they're growing at such a rapid pace. They're taking in new information and integrating it into their lives without even a level of consciousness to it. They're just doing it one step at a time, just doing the next right thing. So if we are moving on this path and trying to drop into that beginner's mindset, embodying what it is to be a child, not infantilizing yourself, but tapping into that natural curiosity and integrating information as it comes into your possession. When you learn something new, you do something new. The third part of this is slowing down and dropping into presence. And it was something I mentioned earlier in the episode. Are we on autopilot? What am I doing? What are my habits every day that I'm doing that I'm not even sure if they're serving me, but I know I do it every day and it adds structure to my life. Let me slow down. Let me take my time. Let me reflect on what I'm doing different times throughout the day in different situations, in different relationships. And how am I experiencing it? Is it feeding those stories? Is it closing me off from the experiences I so desperately want? 
And what would be the worst thing that would happen if I began to change one thing every day? I went left instead of right, and I'm not burning my life to the ground, but I'm just introducing some change. What would I learn about myself? What would I learn about my relationships? Would my relationships fall apart if I decided to do one thing different every day? What would that tell me about my relationships? Probably a lot. I even had a personal experience with this during the tail end of COVID when I was navigating health issues and just some stressors and I could no longer show up 150% for every single person in my life. And I wasn't doing it consciously. I just had to slow down. My body was forcing me to slow down and my fear around that was forcing me to slow down. And it was interesting because there are some relationships where it didn't even cause a ripple. People just said, yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot going on. And there were other people who instantly took it personally and those relationships crumbled. And that's okay. It doesn't mean anyone's a bad person. It just means, oh, okay, if I am no longer showing up at this level in my life, that would destroy a relationship. Well, what was that relationship built on in the first place? So there are a lot of discoveries that come through this process that aren't always pleasant, but they will not destroy us. They will reveal things to us. And we can take action when we have some awareness. And the fourth part of this is bringing some awareness to how and when and how often we use the word should. I think energetically, there's a lot of should in the world. It almost feels like everyone from friends, family, work, media, social media is pointing a finger at us and telling us what we should be doing, how we should be showing up. So the invitation is to remove the word should. And I'm sure we all use it 9,000 times a day. I am by no means perfect. I've probably said the word should 500 times on this podcast already. So it's not about perfection. It's about some progress and introducing some awareness into what we do. Our relationship to the word should is based on preconceived notions and expectations, whether they are internal, external, societal, familial, whatever they are. And saying that something should happen in a certain way connects us to the outcome. And there are absolutely moments where this is helpful and very important. We should study for an exam that is going to change the course of our career. We should probably be honest in relationships. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we approach every situation and we already have a should in mind for every other person and we're taking their inventory and our hypervigilance is telling us what they should and should not be doing. Or when we do that to ourselves and we limit those possibilities, we limit our creative expression. I'm not even talking about artwork. I'm talking about the creative expression of our spirit and energy in this world. When we say to ourselves that we should show up in this way, but we are not in alignment with it, we are limiting the possibilities for ourselves. What would happen if we released our death grip on outcomes and our mindset and our focus on what should happen? or how something should be done, or how others should behave. What would happen if we were surprised? Where would that take us? Number five really invites us to reflect on our ego and how loud 
is the voice of our ego and how often is it directing how we show up to situation? And do I think that my presence is only valid if I'm an expert? Am I allowed to take up space as a beginner, as someone who's curious, as someone who's willing, as someone who's ready to try something new? Am I just as valid as that expert? Am I willing to be recognized not only when I'm an expert, but when I'm a newbie, when I'm not that good at something? Can I be seen and heard and take up space when I'm kind of awkward or I'm trying something new and I'm stumbling and I'm failing and I don't know how things work? Isn't that okay? And what does that do? Because when we allow ourselves to do that, we give silent permission to the people watching us, and there's always somebody watching us, to do the same. And it's really okay that beginners are almost never right, and they do go through those awkward phases, and they do grow and evolve and stumble and trip and get back up again, and they learn something from those experiences. We don't only learn something when we're taking the photo on the mountaintop. We learn as we're crawling our way up, and that's just as valid, just as important. And when we integrate this message into our own lives, we also create a lot of space and grace for other people to be doing the same. We can be really tough on the people around us if they're not perfect, if we're holding ourselves to this level of perfectionism that's almost unachievable. How soft and gentle and kind and understanding do you think we are with the people around us? And then the most shocking thing to come out of all of this is that we might actually enjoy the newness. We might enjoy those new experiences. We might enjoy not having all the answers. We might enjoy possibility and creativity. And I hope the message that is coming across in this podcast is about us being curious about our expectations, and then questioning them and being okay with the answer. And none of the things that we explore here are used to beat ourselves up. It's to open our lives up, to open our relationships up, to experience more, to experience things at a more profound level. Wherever you are today with your experience of being a beginner, if you're leaving a marriage, if you are leaving a job, if you are the one who has to say the thing that you don't want to say, I want to leave this relationship. I want to try something new. I want to go back to school. I want to move somewhere else. All of those things are really difficult, but they're not wrong. And I think that's what I want everyone to take away from this. You are allowed to be curious. You are allowed to want something new. And you are definitely allowed to try something new. I wanted to close this episode with something I wrote, and about 18 or 19 months ago, I wrote out this little prayer, and I began to start my days with it. And within a month, my life was unrecognizable, and not in a way that I would have ever chosen for myself. And I am not saying that this prayer had anything to do with it, but the timing was pretty suspicious. So I know I usually write us love letters, but Maybe this morning what we get is a prayer, and we get some connection to ourselves and others, some humility and willingness and release, and maybe even a sacrament of unburdening and a covenant of forgiveness to help us carry our heavy hearts sometimes. Earlier in the episode, I shared that 
I have a birthday coming up this week. And I think this prayer is resurfacing right on time because I would like to integrate this into the next year of my life. So whether or not you're joining me for a birthday, I want this for you as well. Dear God, universe, whatever, just something other than me, please bring every ache, grievance, resentment, and feeling of discomfort in my life up to the surface. Please reveal to me all of the information that I have been unwilling to hear, see, understand, or accept. Please show me every single thing in my life that is not working. Every solution, every obstacle, every relationship, every worn-out idea, every harmful impulse, every coping mechanism, every story that I tell myself, and every method of communication. Please show me all of the ways that these things are holding me back, and please show me all of the ways in which I am ready for whatever comes next, and remind me that I already have everything I need within me. Until next time, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review this podcast, and maybe send me an email at loveletters and mixtapes at gmail.com.